Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Pat, you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. This is my advice to you. I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, GoBros. I am in the GoBro room with Mr. Kevin McGrath, and uh, we're going to get down to some deep one-sheet questions, among many other things. Kevin... Welcome to the GoBro Room. Thanks, Pat. Glad to be here. Kevin, why don't you kind of tell everybody a little bit of, about yourself? Like, why don't you just do like a, a story of your life from the day you were born until today in about four minutes? Sure. I was born in uh, Columbus, Ohio in 1980 and uh, grew up with, with an older brother who's a half-brother. So he lived with his mother, so I grew up essentially as an only child. He's, he's seven years older than me. Grew up in a kind of upper-middle-class family that uh, had a great upbringing. Went to college, played, played sports growing up, basketball, golf. Went to college at Miami University, which is about 40, in southwest Ohio, about 45 minutes southwest <clears throat> of Cincinnati. And my first job at a school, I cut my teeth in sales. I, I did uh, executive search. I was a headhunter in, in the pharmaceutical industry. And I uh, did that for about four years. And then my roommate at the time worked for Marcus and Millichap selling uh, investment uh, commercial real estate. He, I think he did a shopping center. So he was always bringing his work home. I, and I was pretty fascinated by, uh, by that and really by the, the income a lot of people in the industry were making. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to try to do that myself. So I cold called essentially every single head of uh, uh, the largest commercial brokerages in Columbus at the time, set a bunch of meetings and landed uh, with one, was Collier's International. So I started there in the summer of 2007. It was, it was actually, it was like August of 2007. So I had a, uh, a, a small salary for a year. And then I came off salary in uh, late, like late August of 2008, literally like weeks before the crash. So I, I started my commercial real estate career, you know, pr pretty much just, uh, at rock bottom, which looking back on it was really the best time to start because it gave me a good foundation and it didn't give me any false expectations of what the industry was like. I, I did well, as well as I could through the downturn, was, was partnered with a really solid team. It, I did industrial brokerage, left Collier's in 
2013 to go to CBRE with, with my partner, spent uh, six years at CBRE, fast forward to uh, last year when I started getting the itch to get on the, uh, the principal side to start directly investing in deals. So actually made the move to leave brokerage and move out to California kind of twofold. I wanted to get on the principal side and I was dating my girlfriend long distance who was living in LA at the time. So last, uh, last late April, I packed up my bags and moved from Columbus and moved to uh, Southern California w without a job, you know, was working on some deals remotely with CBRE. They were great letting me finish up deals landed with a company that had owned uh, warehouses in Columbus. So I, I knew of them, called them up. They were in growth mode, needed some more people on, on the acquisition side. So I joined them last August, a company called Cardinal Industrial, where we syndicate industrial um, real estate, mainly throughout the Midwest, got a little bit in the Southeast and Texas. We stay away from the coast, even though we're headquartered in California, it's just too pricey out here. So been doing that since since last August. I love it. We've uh, procured, uh, since I've been here, two deals. And uh, the goal is to get four to five more this year. That's fun, dude. That's, uh, I have a lot of questions there, and, and we will definitely get into your one sheet. But let me hit you with some questions about the industrial while we're talking about it. So, yeah. like, so like describe uh, the, these two deals that you've done since yeah. you started. Yeah. Sure. Uh, the first one was an Amazon deal. It was an Amazon fulfillment center in Iowa City, Iowa. So go back a second. Our, our acquisition criteria is where we try to differentiate ourselves from, from the others because it's, it's really competitive right now, what, like it is in most sectors. We acquire Class A and Class B industrial and secondary and tertiary markets. So we're, we're trying to play where the big institutional buyers are not. Our, our price range is, is typically between $5 million and, and $20, 25000000 million. And we'll, we'll acquire buildings, again, in secondary, tertiary, tertiary markets where there's a smaller buyer pool. So th this deal was really perfect for us because it was a great tenant, obviously Amazon. It was in Iowa City, Iowa, where a, a lot of the, the institutional buyers wouldn't consider because they think it's a smaller, smaller market. It, it was an older building. The building was 40 years old. It was originally developed for Heinz Ketchup. And then Procter & Gamble occupied it for years and now Amazon. So it has a rich uh, history of, of, of tenancy. So really functional, good real estate, although it's older in a metal building. So it's, what, kind it's of, really, like, what kind of numbers um, do you guys like? What, what's a typical pro forma look like for your limited partners that invest in these? Yeah, so I guess twofold. One is we don't have limited partners. Our structure is a little bit differently, and they've been doing this for years. I realize it's not the, the typical syndication structure where there's the GPLP. All of our investors invest with us, so it's, it's, it's a, uh, a kind of a simple operating agreement where they're investing alongside us. So they're, they're getting... So it's they're, like Perry Passu, right? I mean, you're just... You're just investing in the money. You put a hundred grand in, and if it's a million bucks, you own ten percent. Exactly. Exactly. And that's it, and a complete Perry pursuit. Like you guys don't like how do you, what's your upside? Yeah. How do we make money? So twofold. Uh, one acquisition uh, fees are higher. We we, we typically take a three to four percent acquisition fee depending on the price. So our acquisition fees are, are typically double what you'll see in normal syndicator and then a higher disposition price so similar disposition price you know between three to four percent 
and we'll, we'll take it. We'll take an asset management fee as well. What's the asset management fee? Two percent. So it, it, it's a, it's a typical in, in line. We'll, yeah, so uh, typical in line, and you just take like say four percent on the front, four percent on the back, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good, uh, pretty it, good deal for the investor. Great deal for the investor. So here's why it, it you know, we we've looked at the, those those other structures, and we're buying typically stabilized product. So there's not as much upside in the first three to five years because because it's yeah, not a, the rent the rents are locked. I mean, the rents are locked. Like val, there's no value add. You know, rents raised. Uh, it's all locked in. It, it reminds me of some deals I did. You know. 10 years ago, 12 years ago, that's how they were all structured. Well, the ones I was in was just like that. Perry Pursue, you know, you uh, know, this LPGP stuff uh, with differentials. The, you know, I guess the biggest challenge on the industrial space is like if Amazon moves out or someone moves out, you can have a, a big ass empty space for a year or so. And, uh, and then, and, and so the question is then what happens and who pays the mortgage on that? Yeah. So, so that's where reserves come into play. You, you, you want to make sure you're buying it at a basis where the rent in place rent is at market or below. And we're really, especially right now, because it's so competitive, we're really cognizant of that, of that Amazon's rent in that building is 325 per square foot, which is if you look at similar type Amazon buildings across the country, we haven't seen one below five bucks a square foot. So where we are in that market is at or below market rate. And then with the reserves, we made sure to reserve nine months of downtime. And then also in addition to the nine months of downtime, we make sure that our tenants, it, it, this is written in the lease where they have to give us six to nine months notice if they're going to vac vacate the property. So if they do give us the, that nine month notice, we have that nine month window where we're still getting rent to go out and find a tenant. So you add that nine months with, with the nine months on the back end where we're, we're paying reserves, you know, that's a year and a half to find a tenant, which um, is typically enough time to, to release it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, good. Well, okay, so let's get, let's get down to Kevin here. Um, all right, so Kevin, what percentage are you? Uh, my horizontal income is, uh, is, is $56,000. That is a 63%er. Uh, 56000 a of, month? Of horizontal a income. A year? $56,370 per year, yes. Okay. All right. So let's just say 4500 bucks a month. Where does that come from? Passive investments. The last, I've, I've invested in the last 12 months. There, there's five, uh, six, six deals total of that where I'm actually, uh, five of those where I'm the LP and, and then one of those is, is um, the Amazon deal that, that I'm invested in. And so these are industrial parks? Well, no, they're, they're actually, one is, and the other five are actually multifamily in, uh, okay. yeah, with uh, two, two different syndicators. And, and uh, so you're lucky in that they're, they are already paying you monthly or quarterly dividends. Huh? Monthly, yeah, they are. Uh, okay, great. Okay, good deal. And then, and, and so what are your, so your monthly bills, personal bills is, I guess it's just you, right? You don't have any kids? No, right. I have no kids. I live with my girlfriend, so we share the rent. So last year was a little higher, Pat, because I moved out to, to California, so the expenses incurred with that. But you know, typically, uh, last year was a little bit higher, just under ninety thousand. Typically, uh, I'm around between seventy seventy five thousand dollars a year. That's so awesome. Yeah, thank you. So the goal this year is uh, with a few more deals, I'll, I'll be over one hundred percent by I'm projecting hopefully the summer. Yeah, I know. I, I like your thought process. Yeah. 
And it definitely, you'll have to bring one of these deals on on the uh, Wealth Building Wednesday uh, okay. when you get a chance, yeah. All right, cool. So let's talk about your horizontal to net worth ratio, HTNW. Uh, what is your horizontal to net worth ratio? 4%. 4%, okay. So 4%. 56,000, 56, okay. So that would be like 10 million. No, so I, I did fifty six thousand three hundred seventy divided by one point five five million. So five five thousand fifty thousand a year divided by a million is five percent. Yeah, is that right? Right. Yeah, it should. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah, it's three. It's three point six percent, and uh, the the GoBundance spreadsheet rounded it up. So. Okay. Cool. All right, and then and then what about let's switch a little bit. What's your life happiness index? It is six point nine. Okay, so what's the lowest thing there that's kind of bringing that down? Good question. There, there isn't one thing that's too much lower than than the others. It's it's kind of consistent across the board. I, I would say my, my my highest is is definitely the health and nutrition, and then you you know relationships. Not necessarily with my girlfriend, with 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 family. Um, I think it was at six point one. What was was yeah. higher than, uh, than yeah, my yeah, six point yeah. nine? Okay, I got it. All right, and uh, let's talk about your health. So, what do you do? What's your diet like? Yeah, my diet is is typically like a Mediterranean type diet. I try to uh, eat. I used to actually be vegan, so I, I did that for like eight months, and I quit doing that because I lost a lot of weight, and uh, I just miss meat, so I started eating meat again, and then, so I try to limit my meat to like one to two, two meals per, per day. I eat breakfast, typically two lunches, like at 11 o'clock and 3 o'clock because I get hungry every few hours. I have a really fast metabolism, and then I eat a dinner, so I eat probably four to five meals a day, and, and one to two of those is, is going to have some sort of like chicken or ground turkey or like lean white meat. I try to stay away from, from red meat as much as I can. Okay. And then what about exercise? I do CrossFit. How often? Four times a week. Okay. Yeah. I, I try to, I mean, I'd like to say maybe do, do it five times, but my body kind of takes a little bit of a beating. And after I, after I do it four times to try to do it that fifth day is, man, I'm, I'm, I need at least a couple of days to. Yeah. To oh yeah, you're smart. Yeah, or do something else. You know, yeah, yoga or whatever. Yeah, walk. How about you? What, what are you? Uh, what are you, What are you doing for workouts these I, days? I have um, so I have a personal trainer, and uh, you know, I actually have two of them. I have one in Maryland, one here in South Carolina. I just prepay them like two grand each up front every January, and then just you know use them as much as possible, and and so I. Okay, generally, I go three days a week when I'm in town here, and uh, we do high-intensity interval training. Yeah. And then I also do yoga probably about once a week. Nice. I've been riding a bike a lot. I've been, oh, uh, your rickshaw. My rickshaw is uh, it's a beast, man. Like uh, I'm just getting the hang of it, but it's like Saturday night. I worked uh, eight hours straight. I don't know how many miles I went, but, man, I'm still tired from it. And, Holy uh, cow. <laughs> it's... Uh, you should wear like a pedometer or something to, to figure I, out. Um, I, you know, I, I have an Apple Watch, but I just forget to turn it on. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start using. How many it. miles would you guess you uh, you ride? Eight hours. You know, because biking is weird, right? Because it, it uh, I don't know, twenty miles maybe. Yeah. It's hard to. I mean, each ride is is 
between a half and a mile. So probably, yeah. So if I do, if I do 15 rides, that's say 10 miles. And then I probably do another five miles to 10 miles, just trolling around. Cause I don't like to sit still. Like, like there's some of the dudes will be just sitting there in front of this, the steakhouse or a busy, busy hotels, expensive hotels or whatever, and just waiting and, you know, I don't like to do that. I like to troll, so I'll just constantly be like drop riding around, like hoping people wave me down and stuff. So yeah. it's a different, it's a different tactic, you know. But but what happens is then you end up exercising a lot more. But but uh, so anyways, yeah. So that's what I've been doing lately, and uh, it's working. So what's your um, what's your how much do you weigh? About you know, fluctuate between like one eighty five and and one ninety on the high side. What you what you vegan weigh? What you weigh when you were a vegan? Like one seventy. I got as low as maybe like one seventy six, one seventy seven, and I'm six three, so that's pretty thin. Yeah, so you drop way down, yeah. Yeah, and last summer I find I never wanted to weigh myself. I was scared, scared to weigh myself because I, uh, I I could just see it in the mirror. I, I was losing a little bit of mass. So last summer I said, finally enough's enough. So I, I started making a concerted effort to to start getting my calories back. To, to where they kind of should be between like 20, uh, I was eating like over th- close to 3,500 calories a day just to put weight back on. And it took wow. a couple months and I put probably between eight, and 10 pounds back on um, in a few months. Wow, that's crazy. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. So, um, all right, let's, uh, let's see. What do you, what do you think that uh, it is that makes Kevin so driven? Good question. You know, the truthful answer is, and I know this isn't good, is, is probably comparison. <laughs> like subconsciously comparing myself to other people. And it, it, it's both good and bad because it, it is what drives me and keeps me motivated. But also it's bad in the sense that, you know, I've, I've heard even Ed, Ed Milet say that comparison is a thief of all happiness, which, you know, if you start comparing yourself to, to, to everyone, you're, you're never going to be satisfied with where you are. So it, it kind of goes both, way for, both ways for me. You know, it, it, it's a kind of a blessing and a curse. Yeah, I think it's good and bad. I always go back, like, like um, unequivocally, uh, one of the secrets to my success has been the comparison and the competitive nature and yeah. the, the, the incessant, well, I mean, let's just call it comparison. I mean, competitive is a positive word. Comparison is, is kind of a negative word nowadays, but, but um, it is what it is. At the same time, I know that it's caused me a lot of stress and anxiety over the years. And, uh, you know, that's why uh, Instagram, you know, got rid of the ability to see likes yeah. of other people. It started in Australia, then it went to Canada, and now the U.S. has done it. So, And I do believe that, that it was the right decision because, you know, depression, anxiety is at an all-time high. It's gone through the roof, hasn't it? People under under 20 years old. It doesn't make any logical sense. What the fuck does a, a 13-year-old have to be depressed about? Yeah. I mean, really, what was the... You, you know, you wake up every day, you go out, you go outside, you play kickball with your friends, you know, <laughs> you pick up leaves and look at them. I mean, that's like, you know, it's a great life. Yeah. It's crazy, you know? 
Yeah, it's it's kind of kind of sad. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. Anyways, it is what it is. I, I I agree with it. I think it's good, but I think it's bad too. So and I, and I think that's uh, a common uh, occurrence in successful people is you know uh, is it's just that competition. You can't help it. You can't yeah. stop. You can't stop it. It's amazing. I, I, you know. I, I wish I could turn it off at, at some points. Like I have a lot of respect for 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 people who you know just don't give a shit really about life. You know the guy who. Uh, really has no ambition at all. Who and he just doesn't. <laughs> I mean, a certain. I, I respect a certain part of that because I'm just like the complete opposite. And sometimes I just, I just want to know what's going on inside his head. And I, I want a little bit of that sometimes. Uh, well, I think I, I also think, and again, I don't know if I'm right or you're right or anybody's right, but I think that there's a time and a place. Like, I, you really can have a good life if you if you take 20 years and you put yourself in this box of pressure to to compete and then as, as long as you get out of that box eventually it's these yeah. people that are that are in there when they're 75 and you're like dude why are you doing this you yeah know what i mean like you know you're on your fourth wife and you're <laughs> you know and you're 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 40 pounds overweight and it's like wow what but you're worth like you know 40 million dollars i don't know that's the uh the, the founder of our company is like that i mean he, i shouldn't say he's like that he's he's like he's 75 or 76 still a deal junkie but he's a really religious guy and he takes uh monthly trips to africa on mission trips so he, he has his he has his priority straight but he, again he's just a deal junkie and i think you know he likes the competition and I don't think I want that to be me though. At seventy-five, I uh, I, I want to be doing other stuff. I I, I don't want to be sweating over deals that uh, he doesn't need to be working. So because it does it does cause stress. I can you know it does whether you know it or not. It's it's having an effect on your blood. You know you know it's, it's creating toxins in your blood. It's yeah. It's elevating your heart rate. It's uh, you know so it you know whether you like it or not. Whether you believe it or not, it, it is it does do that. So yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. So, so, so it's it's interesting. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say to to kind of rabbit hole what you just said. Actually, you know, with with the uh, the stress and uh, I actually had a blood test done. Um, actually, I got I got my results yesterday, and it wasn't your typical blood test uh, that you go to at a doctor's, and it was pretty fascinating. There, there's a company called Wellness FX, which is just like an online company. They'll test a, a bunch of different biomarkers. Um, again, that, that your doctor won't test or you'd have to specifically ask for. And uh, I mean, it, it was really eye-opening because my, my estrogen level was through the roof. And uh, so now I have to take or <laughs> look to, 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 to see how I can get that down. And, okay, so what did you learn? Like, how, do, uh, how, do, how does one get estrogen? I think I know the answer, but I'm curious what you're going to say. Well, I think I, mine is elevated because I take Propecia for, for my hair. And I was doing a, a bunch of digging yesterday once I found out about it that, you know, Propecia, there, there's scientific studies that, that it, it can increase estrogen levels in men up to 15%. Propecia, and that's a, that, is that like, a, what is that? Is that, a, is that an actual, is it an over-the-counter drug or is it? No, prescri it's prescription for, for uh, male pattern baldness. Okay. So I think, you know, a lot of guys are probably taking it, but, you know, the, I'm going to go off of it. I think the side effects are probably worse than the benefits. Yeah, that's, that's scary. I would, um, yeah, you know, get your, ask your girl if she's okay with you shaving your head. Yeah, you shave it, get it over with, you know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not there yet, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> then, you don't, then you don't have to think about it. Yeah, you're right. 
but yeah, so I, I mean, I'd recommend it. The test was kind of expensive. It's 500 bucks, but I mean, to, to see all these different biomarkers for your health to actually get like inside information to see how you're feeling. Cause I haven't been sleeping well at all. My short term memory has been, has gone to shit and, uh, I just knew something wasn't right. So now that I got these results, it, it kind of makes sense. So, you know, talk to me in three months and hopefully, uh, I'll, I'll start feeling better. And, you know, the side effects of, uh, Again, yeah, and that's and that's all part of that comparison thing that we were just chatting about, right? I mean, it's like so, you know, yeah. you're comparing, you're comparing yourself to the dude with ponytail, you know, that has perfect hair. Yeah, you know, they're lucky for you, like like uh, seriously, short hair is in, so you can go really short, and uh, it's a it's a style now. So. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, all right, cool. Well, that's a, that's fascinating. Yeah, I've done a bunch of those blood tests. I got, I got, I did one here. I got one right here. Actually, I just did. Oh, nice. My, you know, my my uh, low white cell, my white cells always come out low, and I don't know why. It just it is what it is. Hmm. Yeah. Did you do a food? Did it give you a food sensitivity? Uh, no, no. But I, I kind of want to do one of those next. Have you ever done one? Yeah, I got one right here, and basically it just said. Um, that was a little bit sensitive to ginger, which is odd because uh, I like ginger ale. But um, mainly, it just said uh, dairy. It's not dairy's not good for me, you know. Especially when you get like heavy dairy all at once, like a piece of pie or something with yeah. cream on it. So, but that's really really all it said. It didn't really give me much so much else in that. Do you have to cut out dairy then? I've cut it back. Yeah, I've cut it. I've cut it back significantly. I still eat cheese because I love cheese, but I don't eat it like I used to. I used to, you know, I put soy milk in my coffee. When I get a, when I go to Starbucks or whatever, I'll get like a, a large coffee with just uh, unsweetened with just some soy milk in it. And that causes estrogen too. But I've, I've asked a couple of doctors about that and they said, nah, they said you, you have to drink like a couple of gallons of soy milk a day for to yeah. be worried about it. Cause that's a vegan thing, right? The tofu is soy. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, cool. So, um, what what do you think your uh, superpower is, Kevin? I would say being self aware. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, I, I would just knowing uh, having a good idea of what 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 I know and what I don't know, and not being afraid to to ask for help for, for things that I'm not good at. Hmm. I, I would say is uh, my uh, my my top quality. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, how hard was it to? Uh, to just leave Ohio and move to LA without a job at your age, because you're how how old are you again? Thirty. Uh, Thirty. I was thirty-eight at the time. Thirty-nine. 30, now. Eight, Thirty-nine years old, right? I mean, you've you've started to build wealth. You've, you, you, I'm sure you had a pretty fat income coming in. Yeah. Like you, you know what I mean? Like you, it's something real easy to do for a 22 year old or a retired person, but right in the middle where you were, very difficult. Like, how did you do that? Yeah, I mean, I think it shocked my parents for sure and a lot of other people. Uh, you know, I was in a position where I was, uh, I was a senior vice president making a lot of money in Columbus and had a really kind of safe and secure job. And I just had this itch to do it. I, I had been putting it off for a while, for, for a year or longer, and it was eating at me. I would leave the office some days just and have good days and just kind of feel empty inside. And I, and I just, I, I just knew there was something more out there. And how long, how long had you been dating your girlfriend? Uh, 
Uh, probably like at the time, maybe a year and a half. So was it was it that she was so different than all the others, or, or was it? But was it part that, but also part that you you just knew that you weren't supposed to live your days out in Ohio? What yeah, both, 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 and I wanted to get on the principal side uh, of industrial real estate. I wanted to move to the ownership side, and there were way more opportunities out in Southern California than there were in Columbus, Ohio. I would say kind of the epicenter of industrial ownership is in Southern California. So whether it was investing in properties that were located in Southern California or throughout the U.S., either one, there were going to be more opportunities to do it out here than there were in Ohio. So it was, it was really twofold. I mean, the, the, the girlfriend really drove it, but you know, the, the, the backup was that there definitely were opportunities. Now, you know, if it, if it was like Davenport, Iowa, it'd be a different conversation, Right. right. I, I was moving to an, a place where there was opportunity. Yeah. 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 And sunshine and. Yeah. And a girl. It was a lifestyle and, move. It was a yeah. lifestyle move too. Yeah, absolutely. I can see it. I can see it, man. All right, cool. So uh, let's talk about your greatest hit. So 38 years. So we got 38 years. I wonder if there's five things that come to mind of like really poignant moments that that have happened in your life so far that you can think of that you would call Kevin McGrath's five greatest hits? I would say, you know, definitely up there is, is getting the gumption to pick up and move to, to California last year. I, yeah. yeah, the day you left, maybe. The day yeah. you moved. It's funny, I remember the day I moved. It was, uh, it was late April in Ohio, and it was a completely shitty day. It was like 40 degrees and pouring rain. and Perfect. Yeah, you're right. Perfect day to move. That was perfect. That was a, that's a, a movie. That's a scene out of a, a movie film about your life. All right. So what? What? What are some more? I would say within the last twelve months, making a making it my top priority professionally to get out of the stock market and commit myself to passive income. Mm. Um, both as a you know a limited partner we talked about earlier, but also getting on the the, the ownership side uh, full time. Mm. Making that commitment, it was completely life changing. I don't know why it took as long as it did to, to you know to get through my head, but um, yeah, I guess better late than never. But that that's been a real eye opener for me. That's a good one. I yeah. have one of those too. Okay, what else? I'm just going near term because it's easier to remember. Moving out here where I didn't know a lot of people. Obviously, I knew my girlfriend, but joining a CrossFit gym has has been really beneficial. Not only to 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 meet people, but to to, to get in the consistent routine of, 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 of going to the gym. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to go from the standpoint of you just show up and for an hour, you know, you're getting your ass kicked and you're going to have a great workout. You don't have to think about it. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's done and you, you kind of rinse, wash and repeat so that that's, that's what I've, I've really enjoyed in, in, in meeting a lot of people through, through the gym. Awesome. What about future? Like, okay, so you're 38. Let's say you go to 108, right? Yeah. We're going to 108, so we're going to go 70 more years. Yeah. So in the next 70 years, what do you want three greatest hits to be? Yeah. Backtracking a little bit because this, this plays into it. One of the things, I had a few bucket list things that I wanted to do when I moved out to California just to put myself in uncomfortable positions and, and try to grow a little bit. One of those was skydiving. Mm. And... <laughs> I kept putting it off when I was out here, kept putting it off and putting it off. And my first call in, in the, in, when I joined a GoPod, I, I told him that 
and they kind of laughed at me and uh, had me pick a date when I was going to go. And I got off of call, not humiliated, but, you know, with a little bit of egg on my face. So the next day I scheduled a time to go and I went three days later. And this was the Saturday before Aspen. So it was just a couple of weeks ago I finally went. Wow. Yeah, so the power of the GoPod right there. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I, I have not done that. You know, I've known a million people that have done it. My kids got me to do bungee jumping when we were in New Zealand. Um, I didn't want to. I was just like, eh, I've done some crazy shit. And I've been like, I don't need to do that. And they were like, we're going to do it. you got to do it with us. So I did it. And I'm glad I did it. But uh, I still have not done skydiving. It just seems like it's it's not even the skydiving. It's a freaking 30 60 seconds right before you know oh <laughs> you know? yeah i mean yeah I, I was struggling right before it and uh i'll tell you when it really got me is <laughs> they, they they delayed us like 45 minutes because there was fog and then there was a group to go right before us and you could you could actually see them coming coming out of the jumping out of the plane you could see like the, their, their parachutes open up and that's when i started to really kind of get anxious and then you get on the, the plane going up and yeah but i mean it, it's completely liberating it's it, it's a pretty cool feeling yeah yeah okay yeah all right so so what do you got what what, 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 are, what are some big things in the future being financially free so again i, I anticipate at some point this year uh becoming over a hundred percenter and, and okay. i think that i think that's really important going forward let's see i, I want to go shark diving and yeah. uh that that's something that I, I want to do here within the next couple of years. And the place where I want to go, I it's uh, the name is escaping me. Not the Galapagos, but it's it starts with a G. Um, it's an island off of uh, off the Pacific, off of Mexico. Guam? <laughs> no, not Guam. <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. You want to go shark diving? I want to go shark diving. Okay. I, I want to be able to. Uh, fund college scholarships or plural hopefully for 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 college students who otherwise wouldn't be able to afford it mm, nice yeah digging it and i i'd like to get my passive income up to uh to two million bucks per year with 10 percent of that going to, to to charities love that very good very good stuff very good stuff all right cool well this has been fun man let's wrap this up with a spin of uh, the GoBundance app and pick a random question you good with that Good. Let's do it. Great new. Kevin, what is a failure that you've had in life that when you look back on it, you see as a blessing today? I talked about it briefly earlier. Starting my job, or at least starting my 100% commission brokerage job in August of 28, right before, for, right before the downturn where I wasn't making hardly any money for three years. But it did two things. One, it gave me a good foundation for later becoming successful in brokerage. And then two, it, it made me frugal to, to where I am today because I wasn't making any money. I had to, to, to save for, for everything that I did. And uh, it, it just gave me a good foundation for, for where I am. So the reason I'm, I'm kind of frugal today and, and more, uh, more interested in investing is because of uh, kind of the hardships I went through early in my career. Kind of similar to people who uh, grew up in the Great Depression. You kind of hear about that. That yeah, they it, can, it, it doesn't leave their bones, does it? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. I mean, my first year, I made uh, selling real estate. I made thirteen thousand. You know, I had like ten sales, and 
and like you know i mean uh, thank god i was you know young right yeah because I, mean, I can't see going without savings i can't see being 42 instead of 22 you know and and doing that you know what i mean you quit and so i mean you were lucky as hell because you know you stuck it out for three years it's a lot most people would have quit well, when I say I wasn't making any money, I was making money. So I, was, I probably yeah. made fifty, sixty thousand dollars Again, this is as a 28, 29-year-old. Right. Uh, Your friends were pulling in six figures. Yes. You know? Yes. There you go. Yeah. yeah so it, it, was, it was difficult to see them make that much money. But again, I, I probably had a, a higher ceiling, which I did. Absolutely. And yeah. that's, that's, that's the reality of life, right? You know, it, it's a risk versus reward. You know, you can't go from zero to hero. You're gonna, there are going to be people that you know, there, there's jobs where you're just going to stay and not, you might make a lot more in the beginning, but you're not going to make a lot more in the end. That's, yeah. That's most jobs. Yeah, it's most jobs. Most jobs. All right, man. Well, this has been a blast, buddy. I appreciate you coming on and sharing with the GoBros and uh, look forward to uh, catching up with you in the, uh, in the near future. For sure. I enjoyed it too. Thanks, Pat. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded, but I love my wife, I love my life, and I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you